to Unclassical. Hello everybody, welcome back. I'm Marsha. And I am Katie. And you know, when you were speaking that I realised I was like, I forgot my line. I was like, Katie, it's a recording, you can recover. You have a script. I was like, I forgot my line. <laughs> I need line. <laughs> line. Like, well you just look down. Oh yeah. No, I'm panicking. That's because guys, we were doing some audio syncing techniques. <laughs> Yeah, and then... Worried me, threw me so off my game. We kind of clapped at each other and then I just stared expectantly. <laughs> Expectantly? Yes. Yeah, whereas normally it's three, two, one, go. Hello and welcome to Unclassical. Whereas today you've got three, two, one. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hi? Is anybody there? <laughs> but anyway, you're out there. Hello and Is anyone welcome... alive out there? Sorry. <laughs> I really want to watch Little Princess. Well, that's from Titanic. So do you want to live out there? I, I fully meant to say Titanic. <laughs> and then I was like, that's what I said, you dingus. <laughs> and that's what you said. And then it just took a little while to trinkle, trickle through. It. Trinkle, like, trunkle. Trinkle through. Uh, this is what start. happens when you record on a work night. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So welcome back um, for what will be the final episode of Little of a Little Princess, if I can get through my bloody word. <laughs> Ooh. So we will see. We will see. We'll give it a clack, lads. I've got a massive ulcer on my tongue. So it's kind of like making me not speak good. It's because your teeth are deformed, as we've established. Katie's I got like that. lumpy growths on the side of two of her teeth. Okay, I just have to clarify. I have really good dental hygiene. It's not like it's plaque or anything. <laughs> it's just the shape well, of my... it looks like it. <laughs> it's genuinely just the shape of my tooth has a little jaggedy bit and sometimes on both sides she's deformed yeah, it is it is symmetrical i think you're possessed and gross and hey man it's got the same family so minus smooth <laughs> i'm feeling them now minus smooth 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 smooth, smooth, smooth. i'm marsha i have smooth tank <laughs> got your degree <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> right where we're, where did we finish last week i don't know actually tell me you listening um well if you're going to put me on the spot <laughs> <laughs> So, last week, poor Sarah was left starving and dishevelled um, after... Karma did not pay off. She fed the little beggar girl. She fed the beggar girl. Mm. She went home and she was starving hungry. And Ermengarde was like, wait, are you hungry? And she was like, yes! Oh, yeah, that's true. And then Ermengarde The guy's like, given her food. Um, yeah, Ermengarde came up with food. And oh, yeah. Miss Minchin was like, oh, fuck this party, get out. Yeah. Um, you will not eat. But then and... Ramdas also gave them food. Yeah, Ramdas and... snuck in, made the house... Made, not the house. Made Sarah's attic all pretty, gave fuck all to Becky. Yeah. Um, and... He gave her Sarah's old shit that Sarah didn't need anymore because she got new shit. I don't even know if he did. I don't know if or Sarah... Or Becky just... was just like... Well, you're not using it. Well, Becky would have done. I don't know if Sarah was like, would you like this spare mattress? And I think he did move it over. But it's the fact it was like, come on, guys, we've got, we've got a nice new mattress for this kid. Well, we should take the other mattress out of the window. It's like, so it. savage. Fuck it on the other kid's bed. I can imagine them coming in and Sarah being like, I've got a new mattress. And Becky being like, me too. Oh, no, it's just your old one. <laughs> oh, no, it's just your old one. Right. But it's also that like, inaccuracy. Like, even if like, well, even more so. Like, it's just like human thing, like, I'm sorry, but there is no way in that situation you'd be like, I don't mind, miss. You're my favourite person ever, so I'm just glad you're getting some in. No. And I'll just live off the, the dregs of it. No. I mean, like, she's getting fed more and stuff, but still, you'd be like, for oh, fuck's sake. It's the conservative thing, like, oh, you know, give the rich lots of cuts, and it's a triple-down effect. If the rich are doing well, that wealth will triple down, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Will, will it? Will I it? think that's a trickle. Trickle down. I learned something no. interesting. And by learn, I mean my boyfriend told me and I believe it because mm. he's a scientist. Never <laughs> <laughs> on like facts, everything. Facts, facts. Um, so he does sometimes abuse his power. Uh. Uh, but he said the other day that he's like, obviously it's not an exact thing, but like with a lot of people, you can see a physical difference in like a conservative's brain versus a liberal's brain. Their empathy is shriveled. And I was like, oh, so fucking accurate. Is that true? Yeah, apparently. Because we were talking about, um, like, how you can see physical differences between... So this is interesting for you, for all you um, J.K. Rowling fans out there. Mm. Um, so you can see often, like, a physical difference between a man's brain and mm. a woman's brain. Yeah. Like, there are differences, you know. Mm. You can tell when people is a, is a man or is a woman a lot mm. of the time. And people who are born, say, with a vagina but identify as male... Their brain comes up as fucking male. Oh. So fuck off all you scientist bastards being like, are there only two sexes? You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. So there you fucking go, yeah, lads. So that's how the conversation started. And then I was like, I wonder if there's other things you can do with that. Like, because obviously there's certain things like with like people who are psychopaths, you can see that they have reduced Dharma's things. brain, they said, looked quite normal. Oh, wait. No, that was the whole thing. They didn't look at his brain because they thought it'd be unethical. But I thought they also did look at his brain on the sly. I don't know. Someone correct me. Did you look at Dharma's brain? <laughs> Keep on DL. His dad was not down. That's with what it. they say about Dharma's brain. We're not meant to know about that. I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe someone. <laughs> someone. There were theories about it. I don't know if they ever realized it. Let's move on. <laughs> but then again, there are. I don't know. Like it's interesting. Is brain stuff is so interesting because there are just people who are like they are killers and stuff, but they're not psychopaths. Like Dharma might not have been a psychopath. I don't know. Anyway, Anyway. this is not a true crime podcast. Back to Sarah and people peeking in her windows. You see, this isn't a true crime podcast. (laughs) We've got men peeking into children's windows, (laughs) starving orphans. What would you call it, (laughs) Marsha? What would you have called it? (laughs) I'd have called it classical fucking literature written by white people. Classical. Ah! That's what I called it. That's what you called it. Anyway, so Sarah and Becky keep this wonderful secret that, you know, this brilliant stuff keeps coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they know it's him across the road? No. Not at this point. Mm, Okay. Yeah. No, no, they don't know it's him. Do they think it's magic? Um, Yeah, pretty much. You've got to get your head out of the cloud, Sarah. (laughs) There's a man breaking into your room. You're being groomed. She just doesn't kind of question it. She's like, you know what? I'm onto a good thing here. Like, it's fine. That is actually very true. Yeah. I've had a hard time with it. I'm just going to vibe. Like, I'm eating. Shut up. Yeah, I'm eating. I'm warm. I'm just going to let it be. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Which I can, and, you know, she's a child. So as a grown-up, I might be like, they're going to want something. Mm. Like, they're going to say, I owe them stuff after this. She's an innocent child. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I get she's it. She's never run into a mafia boss in her life. She hasn't. She has not. So, yeah, they're keeping the secret, they're being fed, and they're getting much better sleep. Jack shit on them food and a teacup is left for Becky, mm. which is fucking savage. Because, yeah, Sarah has this, like, thing of the uh, the family across the road call her the little girl who is not a beggar. Yeah. Because they're like, she looks like a beggar, but she's not a beggar. Like, <laughs> you know when you're, like, you know, in, logically, I know she's a beggar, but she just doesn't have that vibe. I know, she seems, like, better than yeah. that. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 So we'll give her nice things. What about that actual beggar? Oh, fuck her. No, she's an actual beggar. She she's has beggar vibe. Yeah, she beggar to her core and she gave me the egg. She gave me the fucking egg. Did you see that bit when she fell in the mud? That was the not beggar girl. Oh, yeah, I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her. <laughs> what was funny, though. <laughs> um, 
And so basically, she's got better class, darling, therefore she gets nice things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as time passes, both Sarah and Becky start to... Sorry, on. isn't this just such a good example? For, I know it's fiction, but for someone to read to say privilege isn't a thing and you mm-hmm. don't get treated differently because of um, your just yeah privilege of yeah. birthing and how you've been brought up and everything. It's like, well, look at little Princess Sarah! Literally. Not even fucking a fucking princess. I don't have a fucking princess anymore, little bitch. Well, she never was. No, but she... Um, anyway, so as time passes, both Sarah and Becky start to put on a healthy bit of weight, stopping them looking so gaunt and starving, and colour is returning to both of their cheeks. Yeah, amazing what a difference a bit of non-nourishment makes. Yeah. Um, so as this goes on, Sarah's room keeps filling up with delights each day until one day something arrives at the front door for her. Mm. Oh, I hate your laptop. It hates you. It's fair, I can tell. Feelings mutual, mate. A man came to the door and left several parcels. All were addressed in large letters to the little girl in the right-hand attic. It's the speci- specification as well. Like, to the little girl, not in the attic. The other one might take Can you it. imagine if you got a letter from a stranger and it was like to the girl that sleeps on the left-hand side of the bed? You'd be so freaked out. Tempted to pull this off. <laughs> no, Marsh, you just told me about it. <gasps> okay, okay. Mum and dad, if you're listening, stop listening. Right. You know that um, mum and dad figured out the Christmas prank where we yeah. sent a letter from like some family friends that they yeah. never met and they that figured out it was funny. us. Um, we should do that. To th- oh, they're going to know it's us. Yeah. That's you just said. We take a video of them sleeping and then send dad the video from an anonymous account on social media. <laughs> Have I told you about the time I thought um, I was being sent like creepy messages by a, a stranger on social media who'd hacked our family and it was, it was dad? dad! Because dad can't fucking talk like a normal human! And you can't make accounts properly. So obviously when you get an auto-generated account, it's like, oh, do you want the username at 7943 yeah. backwards to whatever? Yeah. And he just stuck with it. And so he like commented a load of my pictures on Instagram once being like, I recognise that fireplace. This is a nice picture. And I was like, Hello? Hello? And I think I had a phone call with him and he was like, I commented on a picture. I was like, is that you? I thought it was going to die. I think didn't you say like, dad, is this you? And it was like, yes. Why wouldn't it be? Or something. It wasn't like, it wasn't it like, could be. Yeah. Something like, why are you so cryptic? Why are you so weird? Or like, I don't know. When you say it out loud, you're like, dad? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Who else? Yeah. Are you well? <laughs> you well, child? <laughs> like, are you? Are you? Are you my dad? Literally, <laughs> like, I'm confused. Don't you call, please? <laughs> Stop you. It's a bit like, I know that fireplace. Like, because there's a picture <laughs> of their fireplace. Like, okay. Oh, we should put get a a, a, a non oh, fucking hell. That's hard to say. An, an anonymous <laughs> account to like comment on a picture of their house. Um, I don't know when my mum and dad would upload this. Never, but like sort of something like look behind the brick, and we'll put something creepy behind the brick. That's okay. Chilling. <laughs> okay, you do that. <laughs> I want to prank them. It's difficult. It is difficult. <laughs> Because we keep pranking them. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need to let it lie for a bit. We need to you let prank it chill. them with your boyfriend, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, guys, this is funny. Right, so, boyfriend, he's a tall man, six foot four. So, naturally, I told mum and dad that he was short. <laughs> and then, before we went and met them for the first time, I said to my dad, I was like, look, 
you've got to be um, nice about his height because he's a bit sensitive about it. And my dad's eyes lit up like, <laughs> why? How short is he? And I was like, oh, he's not that short. He's probably like five, I don't know, nine or something. He's not actually that short. And dad was like, really? And I was like, no, he looks like Danny DeVito. I'm only joking. Um, and it worked beautifully to the point when Carl stood up to meet my dad, my dad thought he was stood on a chair. And dad said that the thought that went through his head was like, oh, he doesn't have to do that. I don't mind that he's short. Can you imagine? Just but like, also, Hello. if you were self-conscious about your height, you're like, right, I'm going to stand on a chair. Like, hey, whatever makes you feel better, sweetie. I saw dad's face being like, oh, Aw, you dicks. <laughs> I wish I'd seen his face because I stood behind him. It was just confused for a little bit because he's getting old and the processing isn't as quite as fast as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Painful. Anyway. Anyway. So Sarah herself was sent to open the door and take in the parcels. She laid the two largest parcels on the hall table and was looking at the address when Miss Minchin came down the stairs and saw her. Take those things to the young lady to whom they belong, she said severely. Don't stand there at them staring. Sorry, why is that the meme of, take those to the young lady that they belong? Yeah, they belong to me. They belong to me. It's the lady and cat meme. Literally, they belong to me. <laughs> to you, exclaimed Miss Minchin. Did what I do fucking you stutter? They belong to me, bitch. <laughs> I don't know where they came from, said Sarah, but they are addressed to me. I sleep in the right-hand attic. Sorry, but that is subjective, depending on where you're standing. And also, all I'm saying is, if Ram Dass is on the roof looking down, Becky's is the right in it. I don't know. Well... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Not if it's left. (laughs) So, well, in my head, um, Sarah has the left one. Well, I don't think... I think it says she has the right from Ram Dass's perspective. But then surely by reverse logic of when you walk into the room from down below yeah that's what i'm saying then it's subjective hers should be the left one then hers would be the left one if it's right for round us across the road it's left coming up the stairs for miss minchin so this is a real point because if she's like it's right and then miss minchin is like you're the left when i come up the stairs she's like oh no but for pervs across the street it's the right <laughs> i just think it's stupid it's subjective i i agree i was just trying to wrap my head around how i see their rooms and my brain and how it doesn't work. Because... <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when we did um, the Agatha Christie Poirot and um, there was a little map of the murder room? I'd like that in more books. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, doesn't it really bother you when you're like reading like a book series or something and you're like, mm. cool, this is what this character looks like. And then mm. like the sixth book, they're like, no, they look like this. And you're like, why fuck off? Yeah, like I think you'll you find know? they fucking don't. I think you'll find you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dick. Fucking dick. Anyway, I don't know um, who sent them, but I sleep in the right-hand attic. Becky has the other one, said Sarah. Uh, Miss Minchin came to her side and looked at the parcels with an excited expression. What is in them? She demanded. No, I don't know. They're not for you. It's illegal to open someone else's post, Miss Minchin. Why does everyone do it? Banter. Funny. It's funny. I don't know, replied Sarah. Open them, she ordered. So rude. I don't fucking want you, whore. Yeah. Um, Sarah did what she was told. When the packages were unfolded, Miss Minchin's countenance wore suddenly a singular expression. What she saw was a pretty and comfortable clothing. Clothing of different kinds. Shoes, stockings and gloves and a warm and beautiful coat. There was even a nice hat and an umbrella. They were all good and expensive things and on the pocket of the coat was pinned a paper on which was written these words. To be worn every day will be replaced by others when necessary. And it's just for Sarah. They're so mean. They're so mean. 
I just don't understand how you could ever read this book and just forget about Becky and just be like, oh, yeah, lovely. No. Becky doesn't have shoes or a coat either. They're savage. That's the thing. It's like, oh, aren't they nice? Like, no. They're really mean. They're horrible. They're grooming and horrible. To be fair, maybe they overheard when Becky was racist about them and they're like, fuck that guy. Okay, yeah, to be fair, actually. But it's not awful. She's ignorant and like uneducated. They're meant to be growing up men. <laughs> not bullying a child. I, I'm, not, I'm not excusing her racism. Obviously, that's not okay. But she is an uneducated child. Yeah, yeah. A child. A child. They are growing men. Well, now she's uneducated and cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come like, on, guys. You yeah. need to be grown-ups about this. God. You can't just be like, this poor child I wish to save. Fuck the rest. Fuck the racist. There's even a bit earlier on. I can't remember if we overly went over it, but when um the two Carisford and Carmichael characters are talking and Carisford, who is Sarah Crew's dad's mate who's yeah. sick, he's like... There's a child I wish to help who lives next door. And the other one's like, come, come. If you help that one, you, you want to help them all. Yeah. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Ah, like, oh, the conservatives. Yeah, the conservatives. Brilliant. I just love them. It hurts me. Yeah. It's painful. Mm. So Sarah puts them on. And when she comes down wearing the new clothes, all the girls are struck dumb. And Lottie cries, why? It's Princess Sarah again. Mm. Understandably, but not quite for the right reasons, Miss Minchin is a little disturbed by this because, you know, you think, like, someone sending stuff to a child on the yeah. day where she sleeps. That's yeah. all concerning. And she's like, someone's benefiting this child. That means that perhaps someone's going to start realising I'm mean to her. I'm just getting real flashbacks to Harry Potter getting the firebolt and also Harry Potter getting the letters from Hagrid and Aunt Petunia being like, how do they know where he sleeps, Vernon? Just getting real flashbacks. Why is the firebolt bothering you? Because it's sent by a benefactor, and obviously McGonagall's like absolutely fucking not, mm. and eats it. Is that not what happens, Katie? Well, that was good safeguarding. It was good safeguarding. Um, so that's where we were like, Miss Minchin could come in and be like, "Ew, no, you're getting like wanky, like you know, benefits from you wearing this." I like a bit in that one as well when um, Sirius is like, "It was I who sent you the firebolt. I used your name, but told them to take the money from Vault Seven Hundred Thirteen, whoever, my own." Is that all it takes? <laughs> yeah, literally. Take it from bank. I don't know. To 12. be fair. So, but it's not public knowledge that Sirius sold Harry's parents out, is it? It's public knowledge that he killed Peter Pettigrew, who I suppose was famously mates with his dad. But, but can they you don't imagine? Know about, like, the, they don't know. It's not public knowledge about the, um, it's not called the fallopian child. <laughs> Um, I know what you mean about yeah. him revealing um, their location, supposedly, yeah. to Voldemort. But maybe, yeah, because he killed Peter Pettigrew and that was famously Pete, um, uh, James's mate. Um, yeah, I'm just imagining the goblins being like, oh my God, he's trying to withdraw money from another account. I did kill him, his um, dad's mate, to be fair. Oh, go on, let him, he's got lords in there. <laughs> Literally, like, I'm security. This is what you get, serious Black, and I'm giving your money to Harry Potter. Suck it. <laughs> Maybe it's the things are like, look, if it's in Ask, but then again, like if they're in Azkaban, it's fair game. But then like, um, Bellatrix the Strange is literally keeping like a fucking Horcrux in her. Yeah, like, literally. To the goblins. Can I have this from Bank Da Da Da? Yeah, right. Thanks. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Thank you. It's, it's so weird. Nice. Can I contact a bank that's got like some guy that's in prison long term in there? Yeah, like, can they have that? Can I have it? Imagine Ron's ears just pricking up at that point. Like, I used your name, but Tom to take the bank with the money from this bank. Okay. From this vault. Just like, can I, can I get in on that? 
noted <laughs> have you heard that it's like on a reel and it was like so yeah i grew up and um i was basically brought up by my mates um family and they really really welcomed me and um, they didn't have a lot of money to go around but i was really really wealthy and i come around to theirs and stay at theirs for the summer and they feed me and everything and i never ever financially helped them out even though i was loaded moving on and then when i got a bit older i fucked his sister <laughs> i mean accurate but you know he did then marry her. <laughs> he married her after all. It's not like he while. fucked her and left her at the altar with all pregnant and stuff. I'm not saying what he did was great. I'm just... But just the thing, thing of being like loaded and like, we're so poor. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but he does. Sorry, guys. My um, my knowledge of Harry Potter. I'm going to become very Julia Shaw in this moment. Like, actually, I think you're fine. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he does say in the books that he wants to share his wealth with the Weasleys. But he, to be fair, but he knew he'd never take it. Well, you could ask. <laughs> yeah, you could ask. But also, can you imagine if you were poor and like you had like your kids' mate kept coming around and he was like, "Do you want some money?" <laughs> you were like, "Fuck off!" But yes, please. All right, yes, please. If you're loaded, like, well, what kids are gonna do you? What are you gonna do? Buy a fucking broomstick? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Buy a mum. <laughs> Patience of a fucking saint. Until Bellatrix tries to kill Ginny. And that, well, to be fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that would push most people over the edge. Yeah, especially after her son as well. And, he's, and fucking Bellatrix is like... Is Fred already dead by that point? Yeah, she oh, mocks God. him. She mocks Mo- um, Molly being like, Freddy's already dead, now what? And she's like, I'm going to fucking end you, you bitch. Yeah, and fair. to be fair, she did. She did end her. Yeah. Did she use a killing curse? Yeah. Oh, I kind of just imagined her doing reducto and Bellatrix exploding. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens in the film. Like a radish. <laughs> <laughs> Since when explode. have you met a radish that explodes? When you they go off in the fridge and they split. It's not exploding, is it? Your faces. Ashley's <laughs> well, been using a new cream and it's been very helpful. <laughs> what cream? Oh, it's the inkiness. It's not a cream, actually. It's 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 like a liquid. Yeah. Um, and you pour it onto like a cotton wool bud or a or pad. A, yeah, like a so bud. You'd be there a long time. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> and you just like it's like it smells like witch hazel, and it's yeah. like you just put it on, like squeeze it onto the um affected areas. Yeah. Um, and then I just let it sit for a minute, and then carry on with my moisturizer. Really carry on with my life. Yeah, but it's good. It yeah. does do a good job. Also, um, while we're on the subject of skincare, guys, I saw a reel a little while ago, and this lady was like, "I've stopped washing my face with like cleanser and everything in the morning because it was just making me my skin get really dry and break out loads." And I was like, "And yet." And, yet, and so I stopped and my skin's been loads better so I only wash it at night now like I wash it with water in the morning but that's yeah. all in the morning and then just like cleanser and stuff at night to take makeup off mm, interesting yeah my skin's been loads better loads better thanks I very much I also changed contraceptive pills so that might have something to do with it we mm. all never know these things all kind of happen at the same time yeah yeah so. yeah it all comes together at once yeah anyway anyway let's see bear with 
Yeah, Miss Minchin's disturbed for the wrong reasons about this. Mm. Um, so not long after this, while Becky and Sarah are discussing the magic they have um, had and who their, um, who their friend could be, Sarah decides to leave them a note. Um, the note reads, I hope you will not think it is impolite that I should write this note to you when you wish to keep yourself a secret. Please believe I do not mean to be impolite or try to find out anything at all. Only I want to thank you for being so kind to me. So heavenly kind. Ugh. And making everything like a fairy story. Ugh. I am so grateful to you. And I am so happy. And so is Becky. Becky feels just as thankful as I do. Why? Yeah, Becky's literally. like, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that I'm not starving and cold, but this would not be happening if you weren't here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is all just as beautiful and wonderful to her as it is to me. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. We used to be so lonely and cold and hungry, and now, oh, just think what you have done for us. Please, let me say just these words. It seems as if we, as if I ought to say them. Thank you. Sorry, the, the bits that I'm yelling are in capitals. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, it seems... The little girl in the attic! It also, it seems like I ought to say them. So it's like, it just sort of seems like something I should do. Like, so you don't feel it? Yeah. And also, Becky, pretty sure she doesn't feel as grateful. <laughs> yeah, well, if I got that note off a kid, I'd just sort of, like, sent some shit to her. Like, can I have the stuff back? You're annoying and weird. <laughs> You're annoying. Your face annoys me. Your face annoys me. So Sarah mm. leaves this on the table for the friend um, mm. to find upon their next visit. What table? Oh, in the room. Oh, because I keep creeping in with you. Carry on, please. Yeah. Um, the next evening, Sarah came up to the room, to her room, to find um, fresh food laid out and the note gone, meaning the magician, as she refers to them, must have taken it. Suddenly, she and Becky hear a strange sound in her attic room. Disgusting. She left her chair where she'd been sitting and went to the skylight. It was a queer little sound she heard, like a soft scratching. She suddenly remembered something and laughed. She remembered a quaint little intruder who had made his way into the attic once before. She had seen him this very afternoon, sitting disconsolately on a table before a window in the Indian gentleman's house. Oh! Suppose, she whispered in pleased excitement, just suppose it was the monkey who got away again. Oh, I wish it was! Okay, why is that? I say, and what if a little monkey came in here? Or a kitten? Or a puppy? The best. <laughs> she climbed on a chair very cautiously, raised the skylight and peeped out. It had been snowing all day and on the snow, quite near her, crouched a tiny shivering figure whose small black face wrinkled itself piteously at the sight of her. It is the monkey, Yay! she cried. He has crept out of the last car's attic and he saw the light. Sarah, so she, Sarah takes him in because he's cold. I see the light. Please let me in, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not used to the snow. <laughs> Please let me in. Um, so Sarah takes him in and she's giving him like a little cuddle to warm him up and she's like, I should probably take him home. So Sarah decides the best thing to do is to take the monkey back around the front. More polite. Yeah. And you know, doesn't have to involve going on the roof because mm-hmm. you know, what kind of beautiful dramatic scene would that create? <laughs> exactly. <Sarah>! God. <laughs> Um, so she goes downstairs, very undramatically, holding a monkey and slips out the front door with the monkey. Fair. Yeah. Fair. And heads next door. Meanwhile, next door, the search for Captain Crewe's daughter continues. And Mr. Carmichael, who was the lawyer guy who mm. went to Moscow, has returned with news. What news? Mr. Carrisford asked. The child the Russian people adopted? She's not the child we are looking for. This was Mr. Carmichael's answer. Turns out her surname is actually Carew. Yeah. How embarrassing. <laughs> She is much younger than Captain Crewe's little girl. Her name is Emily Carew. Uh, I have seen and talked to her. The Russians were able to give me every detail. 
her name is Karu. <laughs> but also, so her name is Emily. So when they finally meet up with Sarah and he's like, we found this little girl called Emily. Emily, that's my doll. Fuck, I knew it was something. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I recognised it. <laughs> it's so annoying. He is, he's useless. <laughs> um, he's so annoying. <laughs> How wearied and miserable the Indian gentleman looked. So Mr. Carriford is miserable at the news. Oh, on what a, where on earth could this child be? Mm. Well... Perhaps, he said. I don't know what it may be worth. The fact is... And, oh, sorry, this is uh, Mr Carmichael. Well, perhaps, he said. I don't know what it might be worth. The fact is, and an idea occurred to me as I was thinking the way over in the train on the journey from Dover. What was it? If she is alive, she is somewhere. Yes, she is somewhere. We have searched into the schools in Paris. Let us give up Paris and begin in London. That was my idea, to search London. Great idea. We've run out of one option. Let's search somewhere else. That was my idea. Capital idea, Watson. Capital idea. We already live there. Yeah. Annoying. This is where it gets really fucking annoying. Why is it the Nutcracker? You know, we never actually looked in Nuremberg, our hometown. Well, give it a go. Hey, brother, you looking for the Cracker Nut, whatever it is called? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I've been travelling the world for like 14 years, mate. Uh, oh, you should have asked. Yeah. Just had a catch oh. up. <laughs> wow. That's frustrating. <laughs> Seems like the kind of thing you'd be annoyed you didn't ask about sooner. <laughs> there are schools enough in London, said Mr. Carrisford. Then he slightly started, roused by recollection. By the way, there's one next door. This is annoying. No. <laughs> Sorry. Um, then we will begin there. We can't begin nearer the next door. No, said Mr. Carrisford. There is a child there that who interests me. Weird. Weird. But she's not a pupil. And she's a little dark, forlorn um, creature, as unlike poor Crew as a child could be. Weird. <laughs> Just that. But also, start there. No. That's also creepy to sort of like, um, no, I don't think it's her. There is one that really interests me, but that's by the by. I'm just kind of checking her out sometimes. That's by the by. Sometimes I just like to sit on the roof and watch her. <laughs> oh, you know, woke up my man's servant to go sit on the roof and then report back. So is he sending the little girl the things or is it all from Ramdas? No. Carrisford is actually responsible. So what happened was Ramdas obviously went over actually innocently because um, he was like, can I get my monkey back? I'm sorry. Oh, and, I've uh, all heard that chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Carrisford was in a fever one night being all sad and Ramdas was like, do you want to hear something I saw the other day? And mm. he's like, yeah, go on. And he's like, so there's a little girl next door. I um, went to her attic to get the monkey back because you know what he's like. Mm. Um, and she's a very forlorn little creature, very sad. Um, her room's shit. Yeah, that's a thing. Mm. And Carisford was like, let's put presents in it. <laughs> um, but you have to do it because I'm all broken. Because and... I'm sick. <laughs> Pretty much. She's like, Boo, I'll pay for the things. And you put them in her room. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Not good much. Yeah. Mm. And then he's like, and now Ramdas, can you? And also, Ram Ramdas is weird. He's like, sometimes I like to creep across there and just listen to her talk. Just the silence, just like. <laughs> I mean, I don't do that. You do that. You do do that. You just said you did that, mate. <laughs> no, I don't. You did. No, that was you. No, that was you. It was you. I'd like to change the subject now. <laughs> to Ramdas, you can't fucking do that. Just the casual. I sometimes like to crawl cr- across and listen to her sleep. <laughs> sleep now, is it? I don't know. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the book. Are you just going to creep across while she's sleeping? There's parts of the book where she's like, if Sarah had been quicker, she would have seen a face peering in at her. And oh, like, it's horrendous. <laughs> Can you imagine 
the vomit that would come out if you suddenly looked up at a skylight window in your room and just saw a little face peeking in at you oh I, I, cry, I want to cry I right now. Vomit. I hate I it. Project. I'd be lying vomit. on my back because it's a Velux looking up at it. I'd, so I'd choke on my vomit, and die, and, and then my ghost would come back, do it again, and it would just be a horrible cycle. <laughs> can't do that. No. Really funny to do as a joke, <laughs> but you can't do that. Can't do that. Anyway. anyway you can't do that. You can't. Not so that. That's how that Illegal. So Mr. Carrisford is the benefactor mm. and. Mr. Carrisford is Father Christmas and Ram Dass is the elf. Oh, yeah, there we go, there we go. And we're going to have it like The white man is in the managerial position. As a trudge the man of colour. This is, is a Victorian tale, such um, in England. This is England. The uh, man from India can go and do the legwork. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Perhaps the magic was at work again at that very moment. The beautiful magic. It really seemed as if it might be so. What was it that brought Ramdas into the room, even as his master spoke, salaming respectfully, but with a scarcely concealed touch of excitement in Look. his dark, flashing eyes? Look, why are you making him weird? Touch of excitement. No. Sahib, he said. The child the Sahib felt pity for. She brings back the monkey, who had run away again into her attic under the roof. I have asked that she remain. It was my thought that it would please the Sahib to see and speak with her. Disgusting! So you, you have lured her here. Yeah. Lured her here with a monkey. That makes it worse. Yeah. So in comes Sarah, holding the little monkey gently but tightly, lest he scuttle off again. Mm. And Mr. Carrisford um, thanks her very kindly for returning the little monkey to them. Shall I give him to the Lascar, she said. How do you know he is a Lascar, said the Indian gentleman, smiling a little. Oh, I know Lascars, Sarah yeah. said, handing over the reluctant monkey. I was born in India. Oh, don't you know. The Indian gentleman sat upright, so suddenly, and with such a change of expression, that she was for a moment quite startled. You were born in India, he exclaimed. Why are you? Come here. And he held out his hand. Sarah no. went to him. I wouldn't. I'd be like, you all right? I'm also horrified that he's literally just going to be like, what's your name? And she'd be like, Sarah Crew, and like, ah, oh, end of the book. Um, it's not quite. Not Sa- quite. Sarah went to him. She says thanks, it's the end of the book. <laughs> Sarah went to him and laid her hand in his, as he seemed to want to take it. Great. Ugh. She stood still, and her green-grey eyes met his wonderingly. Something seemed to be the matter with him. You don't fucking say. You live next door, he demanded. Yeah. I live at Miss Minchin's seminary. Um, but you are not a pupil of hers? A strange little smile hovered above Sarah's mouth. She hesitated for a moment. I don't know exactly what I am, she replied. <laughs> Why not? Um, God, say it, don't spray it, was, sir. At first I was a pupil and a parlour boarder, but now... You were a pupil? What are you now? The queer little sad smile was on Sarah's lips again. I sleep in the attic next to the scullery maid, she said. I run errands for the cook, I do anything she tells me, and I teach the little ones their lessons. Question her car, Michael! Said Mr. Carris. <laughs> I'm tapping out, you take over. Basically. Sinking back um, as if he'd lost his strength. Question her. I cannot. <laughs> Where were you born exactly? What were your parents' names? What's your blast? What? <laughs> so Mr. Carmichael is basically like, so you're not a pupil, no. But you were a pupil, Yeah. Where's your Did dad? I fucking stutter? <laughs> Where's your dad? He died, said Sarah, very quietly. He lost all his money and there was none left for me. There was no one to take care of me or to pay Miss Minchin. Come, Michael! Mm. The Indian gentleman cried out loudly. Come, <laughs> Michael! <laughs> uh, uh. 
We must not frighten her. Yeah, calm, Michael said aside to her, aside to him in a quick low voice, um, and he added aloud to Sarah. <laughs> Sarah just interjects. I would just like to put out. I'm already frightened. I would like to put out. I am extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So you were sent to live in the attic and made into a little drudge. That was about rude. it, wasn't it? Drudge is a position. Drudge is like an adjective. So you were like sent to live into you, the... were, you were sent away and made into a minger. With uh, you know full respect, I think I was always a minger. Sorry. So you were sent to live in the attic, and you became an ugly fuck. <laughs> like, not sure it quite happened like that. Rude. I felt I were quite pretty today. <laughs> yeah, with the new clothes sir sent me. <laughs> you know that bit in Friends. <laughs> when that. Um, that lady who used to live in their building who went to live in England comes back and she says to Karen, like, ooh, that must have been a nasty car accident. Yeah. You look positively ghastly. Yeah. When I, uh, do you remember when we all had that flu that Dad tried to kill us with a few years yeah. ago? So when I was still at uni, my dad gave us all flu and I ended up in hospital with it because mm. I always had a lung infection. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, so I was off, off uni for a couple of weeks and when I went back, because it was like the first time I'd had energy, I put a bit of makeup on, I wore something slightly nicer than I normally yeah. do, so I was like, oh, I can do myself up a bit, going. And one of my teachers was like, God, I must have been awful. You look terrible. <laughs> I was just like, Thanks. fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you massive bitch. <laughs> you just said like, Great. I'm full of confidence today. I thought I looked quite nice. <laughs> Feeling good about myself. I lost two pounds. <laughs> yeah. Actually, quite pretty. Actually, I haven't eaten anything solid to you. Feeling quite good about myself. It's yeah. really toxic. That's Don't it. promote that. In a toxic kind of like anorexia promoting kind of way, I think I look quite pretty. I look quite pretty. I kind of like you know, Kira. Right. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Her brand. Anyway, um, so there was no one to take care of me, said Sarah. There was no money. I belong to nobody. I'm turning off the fucking crocodile tears, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. I don't know. She was kind of making it sad, sound sad. Like, I had no money. There was no one to look after me. I belong to nobody. I belong <laughs> to nobody. She's lining like, up weird carrots, but like, I belong to nobody. Yeah, what is that song? Oh, what is that? I belong to me. That's from something, but I can't think what. I belong to me. I don't know. Me. Me. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Me? Me? That's just like your, um, oh, what do you call them when you're meant to say your affirmations in yeah, the morning? Yeah. Like, today will be a good day. I belong to me. Yeah, I belong to nobody. I belong to me. Excuse me. How did your father lose his money? The Indian gentleman broke in breathlessly. So, how did your father lose his money? Um, Again, did... uncomfortable. Again, you're weird. Mm. He did not lose himself, Sarah answered, wondering still more at each moment. He had a friend and he was very fond of. He was very fond of him. It was his friend who took his money. He trusted his friend too much. The Indian gentleman's <laughs> breath came more quickly. The friend might have meant to do no harm, he said. It might have happened through a mistake. Mistake or not, I'm quite destitute and fucked. Sarah did not know how unrelenting her quiet young voice sounded as she answered. If she had known, she would surely have tried to soften it for the Indian gentleman's sake. No. The suffering was just as bad for my papa, she said. It killed him. Yeah, literally. What was your father's name? The Indian gentleman said. Tell me! His name was Ralph Crewe, Sarah answered, feeling startled. Captain Crewe, he died in India. The haggard face contracted and Ramdas sprang to his master's side. Carmichael! The invalid mm. gasped. It is the child! 
the child. So, anywho, I should be going. Anyway, <laughs> for a moment, Sarah thought she was going and um, thought he was going to die. Ramdas poured out um, drops from a bottle and held them to his lips. Sarah stood near, trembling a little. She looked in a bewildered way at Mister Carmichael. What child am I? She faltered. Uh, he was your father's friend, Mr. Carmichael answered her. Don't be frightened. Uh, we have been looking for you for two years. She's been in the attic for two years? Yeah. This book jumps. It does. Yeah. It does. They've been giving up blankets for like, you know, a good three, four months. Have they? Yeah, it's been going on a while. Um, <clears throat> all that time. So he's lived there nine months a year. Yeah. So all that time is all like, and it's taking this long to play. So we've looked at every single school in Paris. Yeah. Do you want to look at the one next door? No. There is a child there that I fancy, but it's not that one. Yeah, but that's, you know, I, I think, I, you know, for my own preservation, I should stay away from that school because, damn, she's hot. <laughs> she's here. Ah, oh, well, you know. Ah, oh, well, you know, we're not getting anywhere with this Sarah chick. <laughs> yeah. My name's Sarah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just not as dramatic as the movie scene. Is no, it? it's not. It's not. If you guys listen to Dracula, you'll know how that was slightly anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking are. Like, I know we've said it a million times before, but the Jane Austen books, whenever they get married, and they were married at the end. And um, he proposed and said nice things in a different room to what I was in because I didn't hear and I don't know what nice things romantic people would say to each other. Yeah. I know when you're kind of like pining for them and that sort of thing because uh, that's my life. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. And then he said something romantic. I'm not sure what that would be. Yeah. I like it in um, Pride and Prejudice when Darcy's like, I hate your family, yeah. but I love you. Will you marry me? And she's like, no, you just spent the last 15 minutes saying how my mum's a twat. Yeah. And you're all right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, And then after she leaves, on reflection, I see where she's coming from. On <laughs> reflection, she had a point. And then Elizabeth's like, oh, I'd never marry him. What a twat. Goes to his house. To be fair, he's loaded. Yeah. Okay, he's kind of sexy. Yeah, kind of hot. Kind of hot. He's terribly rich. He is terribly rich. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Um, it was pretty comfortable a uh, Mrs. Carmichael who explained everything. She was sent for at once and came across the square to take to take Sarah into her warm arms and make clear to, all, to her all that had happened. The excitement of the totally unexpected discovery had been temporarily almost overpowering to Mr. Carrisford in his weak condition. Obviously, a woman has to come and explain because men are stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she explains to Sarah that it was Mr. Carrisford who, um, and Ramadas who had the nice things brought over yeah. for her. Um, and Sarah's like, gosh, she's like a guardian angel mm. or a perv. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Now Sarah's well into it. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she also explains that he wants to offer her a home with him because, after all, he did love your father very much. Oh, did he? That's a sound reason to adopt a child. Are we kind of shipping the dad and the mate? See, this is the thing, because there's so much... I, I, I don't know. There's nothing in my book that's got, like, extra notes on it. But I, mean, I am! I was going to say, I don't think it's written to ship them, but are we shipping them? Oh, I fully am. Okay, They cool, were fully cool. fucking. Yeah. But also, I'm, like, to the point where, like, there's so much of it, because it's sort of, like, I cared for your father. No. I cared your father i took good care of your father but it is written like did you wank him to death and it is and like it is like i loved your father ardent i ardently loved your father <laughs> like, most ardently but do you were you boning mm-hmm. like were you but is the real reason you didn't want to hear about sarah's mark because you were a bit bitter a little bit is bitter that, about it is that the real reason yeah you know, little, i'm just getting a vibe yeah here. something's not looking at you yeah. quite kosher it's just like oh you're coming in with me i loved your father I'm not him. <laughs> yeah. I'm not him. What kind of, you know, 
uh, infrastructure kind of um, environment can you provide for a child? I need some basically stability. basically for Christmas. Fair enough, I'll come. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm very rich while well, I'm sold. I'm sold. I've got your money too. Here you go. Mm. Anyway, so Sarah's like, fuck yeah, I'll stay here. And they're all just chatting with Sarah sitting on a stool by Mr. Carrisford all the while, which is really fucking weird. I hate it. It's literally like, you know how like, yeah, your, your pet dog would yeah. sit at your feet. Like literally where he can pat her and stroke her hair. I hate it. It's really weird. Ugh. It's really weird. I mean, I... And also just met. She's not a pet. And, like, literally, she's, like, sat there, like, at his feet, like, daddy. This is so subservient. Rich daddy. Literally. Okay, now I want to be Sarah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> to treat in my mouth. <laughs> Give me a strawberry. Mm. Don't you know they're not even in season? <laughs> mm, to be fair, strawberries. Mm. Thirsty. Mm. Um, so, anyway, Miss Minchin and co. are starting to wonder where on earth Sarah could have gotten to. It's been like, Gone for fucking hours. Shut the dark. Are we meant to have a fucking servant? Shut the dark. Is dinner late? Yeah. Um, so Miss Minchin gets out of Becky that Sarah's gone next door to return the escaped monkey, and she's like, oh, the impudent little brat. So Miss Minchin storms next door to drag Sarah home. I'm sorry to disturb you, Mr. Carrisford, she said, but I have explanations to make. I am Miss Minchin, the proprietress of the young ladies' seminary next door. The Indian gentleman looked at her for a moment in silent scrutiny. He was a man who had naturally a rather hot temper. Great place for a child. Yeah, literally. Um, and did not wish to get too much the better of him. So you are Miss Minchin, he said. I am, sir. In that case, the Indian gentleman replied, you have arrived at the right time. My solicitor, Mr Carmichael, Ooh. is just on the point of going to see you. The Indian gentleman drew Sarah to his side and patted her hand. <laughs> she is not going. Miss Minchin felt rather as if she might must be losing her senses. Going? She mm. repeated. No, said Mr. Carrisford. She's not going home if you give your house that name. Her home for the future will be with me. Miss Minchin. Victorian England's wild. I know. <laughs> Miss Minchin fell back in amazed indignation. With you? With you, sir? What does this mean? Kindly explain the matter, Carmichael, said the Indian gentleman, and get it over with as quickly as possible. And he made Sarah sit down again and held her hands in his, which was another trick of her papa's. Oh. <gasps> A trick. I know. <laughs> it's so gross. And like, I get that Miss Minchin is getting annoyed for the wrong reasons, but she's got a bloody point. Yeah, like, you can't just fucking like, have the child. Imagine so like, sorry, I heard that one of my students came over here. I'm just here to pick her up. No, she lives here now. That's it's another been thing. Four hours. No, she doesn't. Yeah, no, 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 she doesn't. No, gentlemen, no, gentlemen, <laughs> let go of the child. Yeah, I'll be taking that. It's like. All right, I've seen enough. I'm going to get a fucking gun. Let's yeah. go, go. I will be bringing the police. No, 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 You can't just take her. Yeah. It's not cool. Anyway, so it all gets a little bit rowdy as the subject of the fortune comes up, which turns out that Sarah will have her fortune back and more so than ever. Um, and Miss Minchin strives to keep Sarah. More so than ever. It's been compounding interest. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Those diamonds, they, they were hefty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Minchin was not a clever woman, and in her excitement, she was silly enough to make one desperate effort to regain what she could not help seeing she had lost through her worldly folly. Her um, worldly what? By not just, like, letting Sarah live there rent-free? Yeah. She's not a charity case. Out of charity. Yeah, charity. <laughs> You found her under my care, she protested. I have done everything for her. But for me, she should have starved in the streets. 
Here, the Indian gentleman lost his temper. As to starving in the streets, he said, she might have starved more comfortably there than in your attic. Captain Crewe left her in my charge, Miss Minchin argued. She must return to it until she is of age. Fair. Um, I mean, not to the attic, but you know what I mean. She can be a parlour boarder again. She must finish her education. The law will interfere on my behalf. Come, come. Uh, Come, come, Miss Minchin, Uh, Mr Carmichael interposed. The law will do no such thing. We're men. We're men. We're white men. Yes. With money. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about these kids. I can have them all in my bedroom and they're all the better <laughs> fucking I. Do you know what I can do? What I'm capable of? What I do? <laughs> I think we all learned something about Mr. Carmichael tonight. Yeah. And again, this is why I would really feel more comfortable if I took Sarah. Sarah, to be fair. Yeah. Weighing up my options. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. I'm kind of like Sarah, like, yeah, I suppose education. Like, he did leave me in your care, and who the fuck is this guy? But yeah, it's my dad's mate. They were clearly in a relationship together. My money is here, but I would get my money either way. Mm-hmm. I really wish I was an adult that had like autonomy over my life. Literally, just because <laughs> you know, Ram Dass and this is a bit weird, but um, in the film, I really like Ram Dass. So I just mentioned him like. I should take the child. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. Just him and Sarah slowly creeping out the back. Him just like, not that they'd have a wad of money, but him just taking a wad of money and creeping like, off. Blink twice if you want to go with me and we'll run away to India. <laughs> yes, please. Grab my monkey. <laughs> Grab my monkey. He's cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, also The monkey sick. would cause a distraction. Like, drop a smoke bomb. Yeah, and like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean... I'm also not fully vibing around us in this either. He is the one who's just like, I'm just going to go watch a child sleep. Yeah, he is innocent in it, though. He is innocent. And also, he so him and Sarah do become really good friends because they just kind of, they just vibe and I just think mm. they have better... Mr. Carrisford just annoys me. Yeah. yeah. I like Randas. <laughs> He's my friend. Yeah. Come, come, as mentioned. Yes, the law isn't going to do anything. If Sarah herself wishes to return to you, I dare say Mr. Carrisford might not refuse to allow it. But that rests with Sarah. Then, um, then, said Miss Minchin, I appeal to Sarah. I oh. have not spoiled you, perhaps, she said awkwardly to the little girl. But you know that your um, papa was uh, pleased with your progress, and uh, <clears throat> I have always been uh, uh, fond of you. <laughs> Sarah's green grey eyes. Sarah went, well, that was awkward. <laughs> Sarah's green grey eyes fixed themselves on her with the quiet, clear look Miss Minchin particularly disliked. Have you, Miss Minchin? she said. Ooh. I did not know that. <laughs> Well, I think the only one privy to that information was clearly you, Miss Minchin. This is a savageness like, wow. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> wow. Plot twist. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, Miss Minchin's just embarrassed and leaves. Yeah, like, well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> I guess I'll go then. People ask if you're okay and you have to lie and you're not. <laughs> and you got your rich new dad and you know everything. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, so... Uh, so Miss Minchin, um, yeah, leaves, and I know, like, yeah, she she just wants Sarah's money, but it's like you should really have fought harder for her. Come on now, yeah, because um, yeah, not great. So mm. Sarah um says she wants to stay there, and she moves. You got in. your fortune, and you know everything. You know everything. Pretty great. <laughs> so then Sarah sends a letter to Ermengard, who lives next door. I don't know why she didn't pop over and be like, yo, this is the deal. Um, <laughs> Very formal. I know. She sends a letter explaining everything, but she's like, but don't worry, you shall holiday with us. It's oh, like, brilliant. we live next door. Um, and the, they take Becky to be her servant, her personal maid. 
you just love a great story of like saving and rescue <laughs> and pulling people out of the drains. This is so nice, isn't it? It's nice. Fucking miss, guy. And don't forget Becky. Oh yes, Becky. Oh, am I coming too, Miss? Yes, it's my servant. To the other attic, just across the way. Like, your mate? Well, you know, I'm sure we'll talk. It's literally like, there's a bear in the book when she's like, I told you we were just the same, Becky, you and I, just the same, just two little girls, but yeah. you are now my servant. <sighs> it's just... Becky's like, I love it! Of course she fucking yeah, does. Brilliant. Uh... Anyway, brilliant, great, brilliant, mm-hmm. great. Sarah is so glad that it was you who were my friend to Mr. Carrisford, and they're just... They're weird and so there never were such friends as these two became somehow they seemed to suit each other in a wonderful way the indian gentleman had never had a companion he liked quite as much as he liked sarah in a month's time he was as mr carmichael had prophesied he would be a new man he was always amused and interested and he began to find an actual pleasure in the possession of the wealth that he had imagined that he would loathe the burden of there were so many Sorry, he found pleasure in being rich, but he was worried he wouldn't like the burden of being rich. So when he, before he found Sarah, he was so wrapped up in guilt, he was like, I don't even want this money because it's tainted. Boo fucking who, oh, donate no. it then. Like, I, what a poor little rich man. <laughs> Literally. I can't even enjoy being rich. But don't worry, Marsha, because now he's found the kid. He can. Oh, yay. He can enjoy being rich. I'm so glad. And, you know, after experience, you think they spend on nice, good things for other people? Well, so there was a little joke between them that he was a magician and it was one of his pleasures to invent things to surprise her. Now, that's a dodgy sentence. Yeah, it is. She found beautiful new flowers growing in her room, whimsical little gifts tucked under her pillow. Oh, no. I have this real worry that they're going to get married. I know I won't say it in the book, but I'm just saying there was a little princess too and her and Mr. What's-His-Tits are married. Who? The Indian gentleman. Well, this isn't Ramdas. No, no, I know. The Indian gentleman. The the dad's best friend. Yeah, sorry. You understood better than I did. Yeah. Um, No, I refuse. Do you reckon that's a dad thing? Men marrying people a lot younger than them? Yes. No, I meant is the little princess too a thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Heidi, Heidi too is a thing. Have you heard about that? No. So it's not we written... should do Heidi. We should. Yeah. <laughs> you look creepy. I'm scared. I just got really excited. <laughs> I was thinking about the Alps and the wildflowers and it got me all excited. The little ghost when she comes to Frankfurt. Oh my God, I forgot about the ghost. Yeah, that's, that's chilling. That is chilling. Um, but no, in Heidi 2, it's not written, it's not canon, mm. but... The ground, she goes off to school with Clara, mm. um, and it's kind of like similar kind of setup of like yeah. she doesn't quite fit in. There's you know various ramshackles and yeah. that kind of thing, and grandfather dies. Uh, yeah, she moves home. Obviously, marries Peter. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, who's we also like coming. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of okay with that being canon because like she goes to school and she's with Clara when she's mm. a bit older. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just saying it's actually illegal for the grandfather to die yeah no he's father christmas so i think you'll find he's immortal yeah no yeah you've made a mistake he's just one of those like old hermit types who's like freakishly healthy yeah so everyone's like you're 80 do you realize you'll be 90 by the time she's 18 and he's like it's, it's not even a bother i'm gonna die at 140 it'll be fine yeah it's fine he's jean valjean so when the big beam falls down he just picks it up and they're like oh my god but you're 100 years old and he's like and what and what 
120 yeah exactly yeah that is grandfather yeah anyway so yeah he likes to tuck whimsical presents under her pillow make of that what you will mm. and uh once as they sat sticky to- <laughs> sticky um as they sat together one evening she heard the scratch of a heavy paw on the door and when sarah went to find out what it was there stood a great dog <gasps> a splendid russian boar hound <gasps> with a grand silver and gold collar bearing an inscription i am boris oh my god i love it okay that's the best thing ever i and it read I serve the princess Sarah. Oh, hug him. Best present ever, Boris, Jesus. Um, So the story concludes um, with Sarah returning to the bakery she'd gone to where she um, Mm. went to get those buns um, and discovering that the little uh, starving girl that she'd given her buns to before has been hired by the bakery owner as an apprentice. Oh, good. So she now lives there. She pulls away and she's like... Um, and you know she's clearly come a long way she's speaking a lot more and it's like well, she was on the point of dying yeah she was dying before you're so um, much more articulate I wasn't really concerned about that when we met yeah I was I was actually dying yeah so you mm. know things change mm. um, her name is Anne and she, yeah she's now an apprentice there and doing very well so you know those little ripples of kindness there's a princess they go a long way you know <laughs> you know you got your apprenticeship and you're looking so great you're looking so great and you eat everything <laughs> yeah. A little princess and a constant servant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just um, the messages to take away from this, guys. If you're born rich, you're all right. Yeah, you will stay rich. The riches will come around. If you are born poor and you're always having to work, sometimes it might seem like things are really going to work out. And sometimes you might be in with the right crowd, but you will always just be a servant. Yeah, like there are better positions than others. But you're always going to be below them. Yeah, yeah. So basically, get fucked. Yeah. Privilege is real. Yeah. Privilege is real. And men are scary. Yeah. And they... I've been allowed way too many liberties. But he did get her a dog, so, you know, all forgiven. <laughs> yeah, all forgiven. And it's all okay if you get a doggy. If you get a doggy. Right, yeah. guys. I think we're going to do a separate post about what's coming next because we're having a little discussion about future projects and timelines and whatnot and Katie's fucking off because you got your new job and you know everything. It's not a new job. Well, um, you think you get to do with your job. Yeah, I get to. I, I'm going to Tanzania for a couple of weeks so I will not be recording when I'm out there because there is going to be limited internet and limited time. Yes, she's um, doing stuff. I am doing stuff in Tanzania with students oh Katie stop leaving little gifts under their pillows you (laughs) fucking perv I just left you a gift (laughs) when we leave and like you know they've become all like you know mature and they've learnt so much on this like breath changing journey breath changing I wanted to say breathtaking and then my words life changing changing. breathtaking I know that is the saying but it sounds like you're killing them when you put life in shut up man be cool be cool be cool Um, as I wave goodbye to them at the airport where after the trip I'm just going to be like since you got your experience and you know everything get out of here get out of here you little skips get out of here chase them away and smack their bottoms no martial arts we're not meant to do that let's kick them down the stairs it's fine (laughs) get out of here so yeah we're going to do a post because like I said we're thinking about another project but I'm don't worry on classical's not going anywhere but I'm I'm not I'm not going to say much more about it right now it's an exciting new thing so just 
we'll just be excited guys yeah. um and yes if you have enjoyed what you've heard here today do check out our socials do check out um our patreon if you really liked what you've mm-hmm. heard here today and you know if you haven't heard them go back and listen to some previous episodes they're mm-hmm. pretty good we've covered some interesting books we have we have and we'll see you soon guys bye, bye. for fuck's sake bye